Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hi, everybody. Uh, you have tuned in once again to The Three Questions, and I am the host of The Three Questions, Andy Richter. And today I am talking to my old office mate, Lori Kilmartin. Lori is an excellent stand-up comedian and writer, and she was a staff writer for all 11 years of Conan on TBS. And she had the office right next door to mine. And on hot days, she'd leave the window open so all the air conditioning got out. Lori currently co-hosts the Jackie and Lori Show podcast and performs stand-up all around the country. You can find her comedy specials and her memoir, Dead People Suck, at killmartin.com. Lori joined me live in the studio. She is one of the funniest people I know and one of the best stand-ups I know. Here is my conversation with Lori Kilmartin. Hi, Lori. Hello, Andy. How are you? I'm okay. What are you doing with yourself these days? Uh, I'm doing some road work and, uh, you know, just trying to... sounds like you're a boxer. (laughs) I would love it. (laughs) Did you ever see The Wrestler? You saw The Wrestler, right? I did, I did. That Todd Berry movie. (laughs) Yeah. And the Judah Friedlander movie. Oh, that's right. Yes, Yes. yeah. Todd and Judah and then somebody else. But uh, yeah, very much like stand-up, you know, where I I feel like I'm like... uh, my taking my last head dive into the ring and it's okay. <laughs> and working at a deli counter during the day. <laughs> yes. Um, you, your son, your son's got to be, is he in college yet? Oh, or? no, he's a junior he's in a high junior school. In high yeah, school, he's 16, yeah. yeah. And so you're still in the middle of that. I'm in the middle of it. It almost feels, I, I thought it would be freer right now, but uh, it almost feels like teenagers need more more FaceTime than almost when they're younger. I mean, I'm hoping because that's the way I did it. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, he also, he probably is just happy to have you back and you might just have an evolving relationship where I also think too, as they get older, when they get to like where they're going to leave, that that so far has been the most scary to me. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of feeling the most powerless and feeling like my powers of compartmentalization aren't working. Right. Like, I, like when they started going out on their own and then you think, oh my God, what if they get in a wreck? What if they get kidnapped? And you have all these like yeah. death fantasies yes. that play in your head, at, which is just like some sort of biological function. I guess so. You have to I mean, prepare yourself for I something horrible. I think all horrible. mammals, when they don't see their children, think my child is dead. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, but that I, I could sort of go like, no, it'll be fine and what do you I mean what can you do you're not going to track them down you know you can't put a GPS tracker on them because that you can that technology isn't available yet you know well no, there's the, uh, some of the moms in my water polo group already they track them you know Did like they when they're like driving an air tag or something it's in not their, an air like, tag it's some app on their phone it, like life get it under their skin <laughs> <laughs> Honey, you got to go to the dentist. What's this lump in my neck? <laughs> Nothing. Don't get that taken out. Just the molar. <laughs> um, but it's weird. Yeah, I mean, because he might be going to a four-year college or, not, you know, like I'm I'm yeah. so open to, hey, go to community college and then transfer to one right nearby. It's Absolutely. fine with me. Yeah, yeah. But, but right now, like I, I, w- I had a little show at Flappers last night. Then I came home and he was waiting for me. We finished watching The Walking Dead. We watched all 11 seasons and we watched oh, the wow. last two last night. But I was like, this is like, these are the last couple of years where I know he'll be home when I get home and he'll want to do something with me. Yeah. And that's going to end. And that made me really sad. Uh, like, uh, I, I think I was I was upset when we finished The Walking Dead 
but it was also be- for the tradition of me coming home and us watching an hour of zombies for like the last year. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Those times are are really nice. Yeah, that was that was one of the hardest things about the breakup of my marriage was not living in the same house as my kids. Right, right. And it you know it happens. Yeah, like that. You know. Um, so yeah, it's been. And and now you have to, I mean, in a couple of years for me and you now, you have to hope they just want to hang out, come yes. over. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. Yeah, but just the feeling of like I put in all of these hours with you and now you're you're gone. That's the deal. Oh, that's the shitty fucking deal. Of yeah. It, you know, it's it is. It's like and you can't like when I was pregnant, I'll be like, all right, I'll do this. And then I'm I'm headed right back to my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm completely changed. Right, the world right. changed. That right. life doesn't exist. You're Ooh. not male. <laughs> so you can't do that. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you're you're a native Californian, right? Yes, Walnut Creek. It's a uh, Northern California. It's uh, through the Caldecott Tunnel across the East Bay. Okay. I don't want to give you directions no, that's to where right. I grew okay. up. Okay. And what's the address? <laughs> uh, and were your folks from California? I mean, my dad, how did they end up there? My dad was from Topeka and oh, okay. my mom was from Chicago. Oh, wow. And uh, my dad um, ended up in California because he was stationed at the Presidio for a while, either before or after the Korean War. I forget if it was going out or coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he loved it. And then he the got- The Korean War. <laughs> Loved it. He was a murderer, and it really spoke to him. It's the only time I really got to kill unimpeded. <laughs> and uh, so he ended up getting a job at uh, Bechtel. He was an engineer. Uh, oh, cool. For, uh, he worked there for a little bit and then ended up, ended up working overseas a lot as an independent contractor, uh, very much on the road, way more than me. He was, wow. He worked in uh, Nicaragua and Saudi Arabia and... Uh, Indonesia and the Philippines. He was he was like gone for about four years with little sporadic visits back home because it was so expensive. And yeah. it was weird because back then you couldn't it, long distance phone calls were like incredibly expensive. Dollars, yeah. So we just we get those little blue airmail uh, letters from him in unintelligible uh, engineer scratched. script. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like my mom could kind of read it, but it, we just didn't know what was being said. Wow. Do you think that him being on the road so much is kind of like imprinted onto you or is it just coincidental? Yes, yes it is. definitely. Yeah. I, and I, I think if, you know, if he could have done it over again, he probably wouldn't have left, you know, for Nicaragua the month I got breasts and my period. <laughs> Somehow I didn't, I took it wrong <laughs> and it just never has worked out since. <laughs> well, it's not like you gave him any warning. <laughs> Dad, don't true. go. My tits are coming. <laughs> I was flat chested for so long. I'm sure he figured he had a, another year. <laughs> <laughs> what a thing for a father to look and like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good for a while. And me, my dad leaves and I start bleeding between my legs. What? What's happened? No one else can leave me ever again. So I'll never get close to anyone. That's my. You got to lay that on your son. <laughs> Honey, terrible. I bleed when you leave. <laughs> Wouldn't stop him. Was he, was your dad funny? Yeah, yeah, he was. But yeah. it was sort of, he was also kind of uh, accidentally nerd funny instead of like, right. you know, slinging jokes. But right, yeah, he right. was funny. Yeah. And and was your mom funny? She was. She was depressed and funny. Yeah. yeah. More depressed than funny. But yeah. yeah so yeah. between the I've two of there. them. I, well, I've been there. <laughs> they were a full funny person, but yeah. they weren't like <laughs> either of them, you or Conan or something yeah. on their own. Was it a happy house? Like, did you grow up? You think it was a pretty happy house? I mean, your mom's depressed. Yeah. I grew up with that same kind yeah. of thing, you know, intermittently. There were good periods. And then there were definitely periods where yeah, it, it was, was not so good. I think it was fine until my dad left. And then she was alone with a hostile, newly teenage daughter. And this is not what she signed up for at all. And, yeah. you know, he was, again, like you couldn't communicate. Oh, and Nicaragua had just broken out into civil war. So <laughs> it was a lot of fingers crossed and all that kind of right. stuff. I remember a lot of her being in her bedroom with a headache. Yeah. And the door was closed. And I'm yeah, sure yeah. she actually did have a headache. My mom's best friend is still alive. And she said my mom used to go into the closet and just scream. <laughs> that, which oh I don't remember, God. but she must have she must have told Mrs. Kelly she did that and did it into a pillow so I couldn't hear it. But you can, I guess part of you knows something's not right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Why like is I, my mom in the closet I with ha- a pillow? I have 
my folks split up when I was four, and we moved in with my grandparents back to my mom's hometown. And I have a like a distinct image of her, which I think was like a year or two um, of her lying on the couch in a waitress uniform with her arm over her eyes, you know, like her, her eyes into the crook of her arm. Right. And just laying there and then say, asking her things and her, you know, like going like, ask grandma, you know? Right. And, uh, and yeah. And it, it's sort of like, yeah, you're not, she's not telling you. She waited a few, she waited till I was like 13 to do that. uh, Yeah. The, the, the stuff that she shouldn't be telling me. Yeah. The too much. She was, (laughs) she, then she, she pulled the pillow away and screamed into my ear. Oh no. Um, (laughs) Mom, go back in the closet, please. (laughs) But yeah, but it was, I mean, you definitely, you, I think what happens with, with a kid in a situation like that, they either go, well, fuck this. I'm out. I'm, you know, I'm out, whether I'm out or, or whether I'm here, I'm out. Or they, they set up a lifetime of trying to keep that person happy. Is it possible to do both? It sure is. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> it sure is. We when, have a winner. <laughs> um, so what kind of kid were you growing up? I, you know, I, I always liked before my dad left and after, you know, so I think. Oh, this, really? Yeah, that's I feel like the change, like yeah, there's yeah. a marked change in my outlook, you know. Yeah. Although I didn't notice it at the time, but um, I was a competitive swimmer the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think be, before he left, I was on a little rec team. There's like uh, I don't know how to much to get in the weeds, but in Northern California, especially there's like a really great rec swim league situation, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I was really good. I, you know, and I, I guess I got a lot of self-esteem from all that. And then I switched after my dad left, I switched to AAU and AAU is full time. It's like 12 months a year. It's Christmas like pre-Olympic, pre-Olympic yes. kind of stuff. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And then my coach was, it turned out a pedophile. Oh, One geez. of several AAU coaches that were, uh, the rec the rec situation, the leagues were just really fun, you know? Yeah. And then it got into And probably this mom really, and dad run too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just summertime. You know, it was like a summertime thing. And uh, so AAU was like, it, it's not, it's called USA Swimming now, but back then it was AAU and it was super intense. And many of the coaches in my area were pedophiles. <laughs> Mine's in prison. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Was there any inkling of this as it was happening? Well, it's weird. I mean, I I don't want to, you know. For, uh, and and like my situation was like the least of all of the girls that I knew. But we all sort of like were like, thought it was just us, you know, like ourselves. And then, and then there was this later finding out like, uh, you know, what he did to various people and stuff like that and realizing it was a lot of, a lot of us separately. But yeah, so that was like a a bad time. Wow. <laughs> so that would be like, uh, I guess, 14 to say 20. And yeah. then uh, I started doing stand up and then things started picking up because I, I don't know. I felt like I was done with that and I had did some therapy and work on it right, a, bit, right. a bit and uh, would do more later. Right. After he was caught. It was it was so weird, Annie, because so much of what he do, was doing a lot of people were aware of. We later found out like officials, team, like swim meet officials, parents. Yeah. And I just assumed all this stuff was legal because there's another coach who's having uh, a relationship with a friend of mine who was 15 at the time. And everyone knew they were a couple. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't even know it wasn't legal. <laughs> wow. It was so, it's so crazy. It was very much like a Catholic priest thing with the coaches, swim yeah, coaches. Yeah, yeah, no, that's. With I mean, a lot it's of like, coaches, I'm sure. It's gymnastics. like the, the yeah. You know, with Joe Paterno. Oh, right, right, right. And then right, protecting right. Sandusky. Yes, yes, them yes, all, yes. You know, like the, and everybody knows, but they protect him. And then the entire town protects him. Yeah. Because it's coach. Yeah. And we yeah. had, um, I mean, you know, you want to talk abuse. <laughs> Dennis Hastert was uh, uh, the wrestling coach at my high school. No. Yeah. At your high school? At my high school, yeah. Oh, my, did you wrestle? I didn't wrestle, but I was in gym. You know, I mean, he he wasn't a gym teacher. He was like a civics teacher. And then he got into the state, the you know, the state yeah, house right, of right. representatives. But he was a hero because we won state. Oh, my God. And he was, you know, it was an ama- it was a really good wrestling program, a relatively small town. We had really good wrestling, really good football, very competitive. And I was completely unaware of all of it. But yeah. there was... Like one incredibly eerie thing was in our showers, 
they weren't like visible just as you walked by. There was kind of a right turn to go yeah. into the showers. And there was this big green naugahyde chair that would sit in this like little anteroom in front of the showers. Oh, my God. And I would always be like, what's that chair there for? Right. And there, you know, in like subsequent testimony, he would uh, sit there. Oh, yeah. And there was, a, there was like, and it, the coaches, like our football coaches and our wrestling coaches, and a bit, they were all like, just, you know, like the jocks. They yeah. Were, they weren't really, I don't think they were a very evolved group. Yeah. Uh, so like, they were just like, they were the jocks that were in charge of the jocks. And there was this swagger to them. And, sure. You know, you know and they were, they were able to throw children. If they, you know, like I, I saw our football coach throw a kid. Oh my god! In the library and knocked over three bookshelves because he threw this kid into the bookshelves. Just threw him like, you know, wow, like the Undertaker in the WWE, just oh grabbing, cutting, and tossing him. Oh but, my you know, god! Was, and they were simpler times. They were meaner, <laughs> awful, or awfuler times. I mean, if you're a coach, they were good. They times. were fantastic. <laughs> well, but that's thank God. We're getting over what coach says. Yeah, well, right. I coach, well, coach says that I got and coach, coach, coach. Fuck coach. Yeah. You know, he, coach doesn't, he's not a priest. Yeah, and, and right, it, right. The priests aren't even priests. Right, right. You know, like what, what they're supposed to be. So, yeah. I mean, because Jesus Christ, that's a really rough patch and a really rough age. It's a rough patch. Yeah, it is a rough patch. Through. I mean, that's a rough patch in yeah. the best of circumstances. Right, 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 right yeah. Do you, was comedy a reaction? Was that like, oh shit, I got to go somewhere and make laughs? I didn't be around I didn't laughs. Like, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't have connected those dots. Yeah. But looking back, it was like, yeah, it's something. You think yeah. so? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I started just going to stand up um, in San Francisco, like mm -hmm. just driving. I uh, <laughs> I was I was I, I was. Like, if I had been my parents, I would have been extremely worried. And I think they were. Because I, I had quit swimming. I was at UCLA, quit swimming, gained like 60 pounds in two months. I mean, it was it was so like, when you look back, someone should have stepped in. And yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Are you okay? Right. What happened? Right. What can we do? Uh, but my family was a little hands-off. And I was very, at that point, I had, you know, completely closed down and was very difficult to talk to. So yeah. I can't blame them completely. I was just like, um, very shut down. Right. And I would just go driving at night just to get out. I would drive and try to get lost and come home and, uh, and you know, in San Francisco. Yeah, and then yeah. I started going see, to see stand up and I really loved it. And and then I saw someone um, who wasn't that good opening for like Dana Carvey. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> wait, you don't, you don't have to be good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I mean, that's, I, I've always felt when people are like, you can't compare yourself to other people. I'm like, yeah. why the fuck not? <laughs> it, I, you know, I'm better than that guy has right. been a major motivation in my whole career. Completely. Well, completely. I'm better than that guy. Yeah, you know, exactly. if that guy's doing it, I can do it. Right, you know? right, right, right. Yeah. So that's how I kind of got into it. And do, then, you, do you remember a moment that was really inspirational in terms of like, I want to do this or was it just sort of a like was there a reason that you started going to comedy just or were you like I've been to enough movies you know I don't know I guess I just connected with uh how the whoever's on stage was was a was so free on stage yeah. you know and I thought if I could ever just kill like this person's killing like be so natural yeah and so okay with whatever happened that would be incredible because yeah. I, I at that point I was so uh uncomfortable in my own skin that I, I couldn't imagine being that comfortable. Right. And so I guess that was my goal. And uh, yeah, and comfortable with that much judgment. What you do know, you mean? Just being oh, on just stage. Being yes. Being yes, on stage yes. and being and having yeah. I mean that's you know, I've always I've always you know, performers like it's it, there's no performer that doesn't have a fairly substantial ego. Right, right, right. Because you don't get in, on stage and say, everyone shut up. Yeah. Turn off all the lights except the ones pointing at me. <laughs> Now listen, you know, that's, you gotta have something in oh, yeah. you that, mm -hmm. that that makes you think like, this is best for everyone. <laughs> if you just all sit there and listen to me, trust it's really, me, yeah, folks. trust me, folks, you want to hear what I'm going to say. And a baseline fury that informs everything yeah, that yeah. never goes away. <laughs> yeah. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a girl? While you were at UCLA, did you do comedy down here in L.A. at all? Oh, no, I, uh, I mostly I dropped out of UCLA, gained weight, had some, oh, you know, okay. had I about didn't know the two out. years yeah. of uh, what am I doing with my life kind yeah. of thing. And then I started doing stand up in the Bay Area. And uh, my dad was home like he was now he's working local gigs. So yeah. I kind of just I kind of wanted to do like a teenage uh, redo <laughs> where uh, he's home and I'm home and, yeah, you know, I don't yeah. have to be mad at him for being, you know, gone and all that stuff. And so it was, you know, I, I, I stayed home for like 10 more years just being a road comic. I'd, you know, yeah. I'd go out, come home to my parents. And so it, I did sort of redo that time, mm. which I'm so grateful for now, you know, because yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I moved to New York for 10 years and that was like so life-changing on so many levels. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Road work, uh, especially in the 90s, it was all the like suburban comedy clubs, suburban audience, mostly white, married yeah. kids. It was like all the same people. There were like some regional differences, but it was the same people, sure. the same type of person. And then New York was like every table was <laughs> like from a different country, you know, every yeah, yeah. and or a different part of the city. And they all that nobody had anything in common except they were there at the comedy club. And mm -hmm. somehow you had to figure out. You know, there's no local references. You know, like if you're yeah, working yeah. at a club in Ohio, you you would find out the right. local stuff. I was and, out on Anderson Street today. Yeah. And, and the people, yay, yeah. She said our city, our, our name. And uh, so there you just sort of had to work on different ways to connect with people like us. And that was that was really great. And, yeah. Yeah. And were you, while you were home, were you making your living just being a road comic? Yeah, I mean, all I had to do was pay for my Chevy Blazer. It was two sixty two <laughs> a month. <laughs> nice. I was young, so I didn't need health insurance, Andy. Right, so I don't pay for you, that stuff. You were, you were bulletproof. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty fun. Uh, yeah, it was pretty easy to make my yeah make my life payments. At this time, are you thinking along those? I mean, I don't know if that time was still, you know, because there used to be this sort of... Uh, hot stand-up to their own sitcom pipeline. Like, right. were, were mm -hmm. you in that, like, ever in that it. sort of spin? Or, or, <laughs> or, you know, or was that, like, something that was in your fantasy, you know, like, possible thoughts? It, I think so. I think everybody, especially because I'm from San Francisco, and that's what exactly what happened to Margaret Cho, oh, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was, like, you know, all-American girl. It was like, wow, that's the, that's the ultimate. And she's a peer, too. She's about... Your yeah, age, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. a little younger than me, and uh, so yeah, God I, damn I, it, <laughs> exactly. But I, so I saw her when she was, I don't know, seventeen or eighteen, wow, maybe nineteen, starting out. Yeah, she was great. She, the crowds loved her instantly. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so yeah, so she had the to me the ultimate pipeline besides yeah. Seinfeld, obviously. But it was just like wow. And so I think every every comic starting in that era was hoping that they would be scooped up like that. But yeah. it was definitely a position. You're in a position of I hope someone likes me, you know, and it's, yeah. which is a horrible way to go through a career, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, instead of feeling like you have any agency in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Sort of like, it always felt like the gatekeepers would stumble into a show and just see somebody and then, and put them on the tonight show. And right. so you're just like, I hope someone stumbles in tonight. Like it, it was ne never anything of, I'm going to increase my followers on Instagram where you can actually, I guess, be in charge of how much your scene. Right. I guess and it, feel some agency. Feel exactly. Because you can look and there's a goddamn number right there yes, that yeah. goes up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. I, I think that's weird too, because you know, coming from improv, there was there's that's I mean, there is, there's a definitely, I mean, not for everybody, but certainly for me, and it sounds like for you, my uh ambitions were there, but I was a very passive kind of person, like you said, I was waiting to be discovered. I was kind of waiting for something to happen. And there were, and, and I still struggle with like, what do I do with myself? You know, right. like here, all right, free time, Yeah, you know, <laughs> writers on strike for months, Yeah, maybe think of something for you to do, Andy. <laughs> um, and I just have never been very good at that. 
because I think it's because in improv, it's a group. Right. And when you're being passive, at least you're being, you know, you're all waiting to be discovered, but you're in a team and you're in a group and you're hanging out and it's all friends and, and you're performing together. I do think there's a difference between performing together on stage and then being, and then each of you going up solo yeah, and watching completely. each other. Yeah. Completely. Because, it makes you a different person. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And, and because there's also, there's a lot of standups that aren't that nice about it. No. You know, they're yeah. very protective and very guarded and, yeah. you know. I, I think there's something to the, um, like, you're on stage, you're doing everything you can on stage, right? And then you're you're quite vulnerable after you get off stage. You can look bulletproof on stage, but afterwards, right. you're sort of in this position of hoping people like you, right? Hoping yeah. gatekeepers like you. Sitting there and wondering, did I do okay? Did yeah, okay? and that yeah. that's sort of the, the difference between how you feel, how powerful you feel on stage and how powerless you feel off stage is really not good for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that? Early on, because no, I no, all knowledge is uh gained 20 years after yes. I needed it. <laughs> yes, I, I uh have come up with the idea that you can't have the knowledge of like the 50 year old you, right? When you're the 25 year old you, yeah, because you're too like young and good looking, and all of that would be it'd be too much power in one place. <laughs> Like, right. like, you know, like a young, you a young, sexy plot. person that knows the old person <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. That person would be unstoppable. Right. You know? um, how quickly when you went, moved to New York, were you making a living doing stand up at that uh, point? I was at the time. My the my income most because I decided I had to stay there. I couldn't go on the road because uh, uh, you really had to like be out at, at New York clubs every single night yeah. to get your face out there and stuff. And, and that was just sort of common knowledge. Yeah. 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 So my job was HTML coding, which oh, wow. at the time paid like 25 an hour, which mm. isn't even minimum wage now. That's the world. And yeah. this is like 99. Right. And so I did that for a couple years. And then like Dreamweaver came out, which was a software that automated a lot of HTML. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I better start making more money as a stand up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was acting part of the, the whole scheme here? It turns out because I had always wanted to act, but uh, I don't like auditioning. Yeah, I, it, it enrages me even still. No, no one to likes be, audition. It's, yeah, it's it's gross. I didn't know that, and I thought, oh, I can't do this. So I, I wasn't yeah. aware that everyone hates it, and everyone hates how it feels. Yes. you know. Uh, so I kind of just didn't pursue that. And I, uh, of the two non stand up things, I liked writing way better than yeah. acting. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, auditions are just bizarre. Mm -hmm. It's just bizarre, and yeah. it feels like people sitting in a room in chairs watching someone perform for them seems like, you know, like it's just a, a, a degree away from like a private sex show. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, here's my ass. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I also feel like they know instantly, yes. almost instantly. Yes. And they're still going to make you go through this whole yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. I have, I have been on the other end of casting mm -hmm. for a, a very occasionally and it's, yes, it's definitely like somebody comes in and they say three words and I'm like, eh. Yeah. I, 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 I think you it. know the no instantly. Yes. And you're all, there's a couple where you're like, oh, let's see what they do. Yep. But it's, I, I would appreciate if I walk in and you immediately go like this, let me know. I'll leave. That's yes. fine. Don't yes, make yes, me yes. go through this. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I attach none of myself, not or my self interest <laughs> or my self identity into this. Yeah. Well, uh, when did you start writing? I mean, when did you get start to get writing? Oh, gigs? my first writing gig was on Tough Crowd. Uh huh. Uh, but before that, I uh, and that's Colin. Yeah, Quinn, Colin right? Quaid, yeah, 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 Comedy Central. Before that, I was um, I just wrote. I had a web. I got a website in like 1996. Wow. Kilmartin.com. Wow. Secured my domain very early on. Nice. And I would write like a weekly blog, although I just it wasn't called a blog. I just I, ca sure. I called it this week's hoax, just in case I was inaccurate. I could say, well, I called it a hoax. <laughs> but I would just sort of um, say what happened on the road that week. Um, and I also reviewed swimming pools because I uh, at that time. In the 90s, clubs were like a Tuesday through Sunday week, a mm. lot of it. So you were there for five days. So right. you had time to like explore the city and, uh, you know, 
so I would always go find a pool to work out in, and then I would write a review of it, mostly for myself to remember if it was a bad pool or a good pool. Right. And then I just started <laughs> posting those. And so those were, people consulted that for a little while. Did they? Re- wow. Mm-hmm. You had a, a swimming pool database. I did. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. You should go back to that. <laughs> I, I, every, it, it seems like everything you start with, you end up going back to. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Eating from a from a, a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Shitting your pants. <laughs> no utensils, just <laughs> scooping with my hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Crying all day. <laughs> well, what took you out of New York? I, I, well, I got a job on the Bonnie Hunt show for uh-huh. about six months. And then, uh, and then Conan kept me in LA after oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you came out here for the Bonnie Hunt? Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. When were you hired on the Conan show? I can't even... Uh, the TBS show. So I started... It was for it the TBS. Couple... You weren't on the Tonight Show. No, it was a couple of months yeah, before I, TBS. I, 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 it's all a blur. <laughs> it's all a blur to me. Well, that's cool. And and you and you were a joke writer. Yeah, I was just on mostly in monologue. Although I, I had some sketches. You did. You I did, did Puppy Conan. Right, right, yeah. right. But, when, but I mean, when you were hired, you were hired... Yeah. Really, because there was... Conan needed... His posse of of yeah right 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 writers at the because, time there was five of us yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah. a pretty big mono staff and then it got smaller and smaller yeah, yeah 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 because well that was always and I don't mean to be like I I don't mean to be dismissive but that aspect of it seemed like a traditional aspect of it yes and right it, and it had to me to my like a bit of eat your vegetables. <laughs> Like, you know, like you got to you got to look at the news and talk about what Bill Clinton's doing. You have to. Well, you know, Kylie always Brian Kylie, who's just the greatest writer. Yeah, he and, said it was it's the audience's only solo time with the host. Yeah. And you got to give them something to That's say. That's very true. And so and after that, they're they get invested in whatever sketch they're either in or introducing or the guest. And the only time it's like Conan and the audience is when he's telling jokes and yeah. when he's reacting to their reaction to it. Yeah. They, so they get to have, that's their input with him. Right, right. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, very good point. And it, um, it also, too, for him in particular, that was like the part that people in the early days just ragged on him about. Right. Because Especially because, I mean, I, you know, I knew stand-ups at the time, and the show had been on for five minutes, and I knew stand-ups who were like, <laughs> I could be so much fucking better at that than him. <laughs> Listen to him tell a joke. He can't tell a joke. Which is, uh, which you know, after a while, it's like, dude, it's telling a joke. I know, it's I know. It's not heart surgery. I think I know some of those stand-ups, that, yeah, and yeah, they're still sure a little do. annoyed. They sure, you sure do. <laughs> that they weren't picked. Yeah, yeah, no, there was, I mean, that, it was, it was very telling to me at that time. Yeah. Not so much for me, really, truly. It was it was him more. Um, but, I, like, I remember in Chicago, uh, two friends of mine got on SNL, two women, uh, Melanie Hutzel and and Elizabeth Cahill, Betty Cahill, got on SNL. And they, I, Melanie was there for a couple of years, I think. She's great, was yeah. There. And I remember hearing that and just being like, fuck. Right. Like, just this envy. Yeah. Like, this just pop of, like, God damn it. That's money, you know, and I mean, you know, and there had been a couple people who gotten on TV, you know, uh, of my kind of peer group. And then it's but then it was gone. You know, it was like I realized and I and in feeling that I realized like, oh, no, you can feel the envy. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But then you got to get rid of it. Yeah. Like, do I want to live here in this place? Yeah. Yeah. And there there, you know, there was a number of people that I really felt like and even people that were kind of like. Friends with Conan, who I felt like were felt like uh, my skills are superior, and the fact that you're here, I'm being kind and stuff. But uh, <laughs> but you know, it's just it's it's this is like a, such a weird business in terms yeah. of you. It's like a la- I was liking it. It's like a ladder, and at the top of the ladder, there's a pile of money and no worries and everything. Which it's not. It's always there's always worries. There's another ladder. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but you get up the ladder a few rings, and you get knocked down yeah. and stuff. And that and that there's just it's so hard to have such a payoff right there. And you see some people get to it and yeah. you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Why not me? You yeah. know? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's sim- uh, analogs in other industries or not, but uh but yeah. I mean, maybe with 
in sports, you know, but mm-hmm. you always have such a limited window until your body. Right. Like right. you kind of know that. But like right. with with this, like you can keep going unless you have, you know, some sort of brain malfunction. Right. You know. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So we, I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> I just realized whatever my train of thought was, it, it went away. <laughs> what, um, what age was your son when you started working on the show? Oh, he was three. When he was I, three. It, when I, I interviewed with Sweeney and then Conan came in and interviewed and then I left and went home. And uh, I, I love this. I, I forget which one said it. One of them said it. I think Conan said, uh, well, you want to come aboard? You want something like that? You want to, we'd love to have you aboard. And I was like, yeah. And then my son started making noises because I was excited. And uh, one of either Conan or Sweeney said, do you have a kid? And I'm like, yeah. And uh, uh, offers rescinded. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man, that was great. How do I mean? How do you juggle that? How do you juggle? It's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, how soon after he was born did you start doing gigs again? Pretty soon. Yeah. You know, um, I was always was that necessity, a financial necessity, or more just like spiritual necessity. Both. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't stop. And if you, you know, I, I always have the fear that if I take too much time off of stand up, I'll really enjoy life and I'll never get back to it. So I need to keep myself. <laughs> Somewhat miserable and keep doing stand up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it does strike me too because you are, and we, I mean, we used to joke about this like Conan Show, go to Comic Con and go to Dallas, go to yeah. wherever. You know, we do these road shows. Yeah. And we'd get there and you'd have every night booked out <laughs> with three different clubs around fucking Dallas. <laughs> and, we, and it was just like, God, don't, do you hate? Cable TV? Like, <laughs> do you not like mini bars? What's what's up with you? True. You know? <laughs> but I mean, d- I, when you said it earlier, something about like, you're in control of, you know, you're bulletproof up there. Yeah. And you're a bullet magnet out here. Yeah. Is yes, that, exactly. Is that yeah. part of? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just feels fun. And and if, if there's stage time happening and someone offers you, I, I would never turn it down. Right, so. right. Yeah. And I, anytime you came into town with Conan, you were like a little movie star anyway. So oh, right. that, yeah, that was really yeah. fun. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but when I had my kid, you know, so I think he, he turned four as we as the show got into production because mm-hmm. his birthday is in October, um, the TBS show. Uh, yeah, I ended up hiring uh, I, someone who beca- became like family, but I just put an ad in, on Craigslist and someone picked my kid up from daycare. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and, and her name's Claire and she was great. Uh, and so she still goes to my kid's water polo games and stuff like that. Oh, wow. But so she was, you know, she was the one who picked him up and brought him home and um, did all that stuff until I got back because I was a single mom. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then uh, my mom moved in and that kind of helped out too. Sure. But uh, yeah, it was expensive. I would say mostly it's expensive, you know, to hire to hire someone to help you and to, you know, also go out and do spots at night. Like I put my son to bed and then go out and do a set. And so like, you know, she'd be there. The whole, I'd pay hourly the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, yeah, it cost a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, but it's like, it's, it, it's, it's the, it's the shitty side of, of, being a woman <laughs> in this yeah, business, sure. especially, yeah, it is. It's like it's like, yeah, it's that's uh, it really does suck because you're always struggling with like, do I go out and get a job and spend a good chunk of it taking care of my kids, or do I just take care of my kids? Yeah, and you know, sort of, I don't know, you know, here and there, kind of pick things up. And it's, it's I think, if you take yourself out like that, and just it's hard to get back in. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah, and so yeah. I always felt like I, I, I enjoy doing stand-up. I like it, but I also never wanted to lose it in case this went away, which mm-hmm. it did. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, even on hiatus weeks, I would go out and do like weeks at clubs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I still have a lot of those relationships, which is like my only income now. So, yeah, yeah. you know. I think I was always just uh, amazed that you would do that because I, I felt like, don't you know that's work? You're, going, you're leaving your hotel to go work and then and then go across town to another place and work. You know what I would do? My weekends where I would uh, I would take the JetBlue Burbank to JFK yeah. on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, it was it was like a 9.30, a 5-ish flight, you know. And then on, I've been on it many times. Many times. Yeah. Do, I don't know, at least five to eight spots 
in New York City on Saturday night yeah. and then come home on Sunday, the 4.35 p.m. flight back to wow. Burbank and, and you know, go back to work on Monday. And man, that's just out of, out of just plain old curiosity. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you make enough in those spots to no, like pay for the trip? Okay. Do you make enough? No, 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 no. no. Yeah, because those spots are nickel and dime, right? It, it would kind of break even. Sometimes yeah. I would just use my points for it and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. also like I didn't want New York to forget about me. Right. And I didn't want to I, – I had gone at one point two, year, two years without being in New York. And then I, I showed up to do spots and I was like, oh, my God, I've done way too many laundromat shows in L.A. Because it, it's a very different timing and pacing and um, – you know, if you mean you, when you're on stage doing material, or you York just City, mean the yeah. whole vibe? No, yeah, no, yeah. In, on stage in New York City, yeah, it's yeah. a lot like joke, 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 joke. And here, it's a lot. It's a it's a little more expansive and right. more storytellerish, and I a think. more forgiving audience. Yes, it's and, not as transactional. It's like right. we're going to give you some time, and and yeah. and we have faith that you're going to take us somewhere. Yeah, as and, opposed to where's the fucking last? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So after that, like that, that rough set where I'm like, oh, I've lost it. I, I worked so hard to gain it and I lost it. I was like, I'm just going to keep, you know, coming back to make yeah. sure I keep it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just there last weekend. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I can tell. <laughs> chop, chop, yeah. chop. Um, Get to the next question, Andy. <laughs> what the fuck? I got a, <laughs> I got a three o'clock. A set at three o'clock. <laughs> Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a crow? You made art out of both your parents' deaths. <laughs> yeah. You did. I mean, and, and it's really funny, funny <laughs> stuff. It's And it's very heart-wrenching. And mm-hmm. I mean, your dad's was a little different because he died. What did he die of? I can't he had lung cancer. He had lung and cancer. So he had it for like about nine months. And uh, you know what's so weird? Do you, have you had a relative with cancer? Not can't. I'm lucky. There's not really many cancer. Not much cancer in my family. It's crazy because they, they, they. There's one word: drop dead heart attack. That's <laughs> gotcha. what's it. We get drop dead heart attack. <laughs> they. I swear to God, like my dad did not know he had terminal cancer, and and I maybe because he was getting radiation, but the doctors didn't explain stuff to him. And I remember looking at like an email and yeah. going. Um, it seems like this one tumor is bigger. And then my sister, who is a doctor, was like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. And so we were like breaking the news to him. <laughs> like, um, dad, I don't know. I, you know, it doesn't seem good. Uh, and I, and, uh, when he, he That's went into, crazy. it is crazy. When he went into hospice, I told Sweeney and I'm like, so, I'm, you know, on Wednesday or something. What so, year is it? Mm, 2014. Okay. And uh, I go, do you mind? I'm going to go home on Friday and maybe stay a couple days because my dad's in hospice. In my head, I'm like, he'll get out. You know, yeah. I just didn't register that he was dying. Yeah. And uh, Sweeney's like, you should leave tonight. <laughs> and I did, I think. Yeah. Um, it was like a 10-day hospice at home. And then he died. Yeah. And I just started tweeting jokes because I couldn't get up on stage because I wasn't going to leave the house. And yeah, so yeah. that sort of took off a little bit. Uh, but... Uh, I wasn't intentionally trying to make anything out of it. I was just like 
it, it was such a surreal, you know, when when you when someone's dying and it's the first time it's happened to you that you're losing someone you love, it's mm-hmm. you just can't quite believe it, you know. Do you? Because yeah, I mean, I was obviously seeing all the tweets and mm-hmm. and it was it. And I mean, and it was kind of like you were getting attention for it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there were people who were like, "Hey, this very funny comedian. Oh yeah, I know her." Uh, her father's dying and she's tweeting hilarious <laughs> jokes about it. And and it had, you know, it was an amazing little moment of, because there's a, there we all know the end. Yeah. And when, it, but it's like, it's coming. So there's this tension mm-hmm. of as it plays out and we get to see your whole kind of journey through it. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry for using the word journey. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this uh, was that kind of pod, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, but it was it was an amazing work. And I mean, and one thing that, that stood out to me, therapy head that I am, mm-hmm. was like, wow, what a like, what an incredible high wire coping mechanism. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, because it's like. I'm going to channel my grief into my art, into my job, into my craft. And, uh, Jesus, I hope it's pretty, I hope it's good. You know, like you could, like you could have, your mourning could have been rejected. (laughs) You know, you know. (laughs) It was even worse or weirder when my mom died because she died of COVID in May of 2020, which you know, she was the first person I knew who had COVID mm-hmm. and it wasn't that common. It was, it was, and it, at least from my standpoint, it was like people on a cruise ship in Seattle, like, oh, they have COVID, right? right? And right. all of a sudden I, I, you know, my mom got it from, she was in a, uh, a sniff, a skilled nursing facility yeah, yeah. and uh, for, she, for her hip, cause she fell, she had to rehab and the whole, like, it was just wildfire throughout yeah. the whole thing. So at the time, it was like a kind of a historic thing that you didn't think would happen to your family. Right. You know, COVID. And um, and you didn't know what it was anyway. You right. Know. And it was just, it, it, it was like, oh, my God. It's it's like having, it's like being in the San Francisco earthquake or something. Yeah. You know, the thing that everyone's going to remember in 100 years. It's yeah. like, wow, that happens. That's happening to us. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it, that was sort of stranger because I think, up until then, people would announce after someone had died, you know? And so I was sort of joking, walking people through the whole thing, the whole iPad experience, only talking through the iPad and trying to get the hospital to let us visit her in person mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so that was a different thing because I don't think a lot of people had been through the whole diagnosis through death experience with somebody on Twitter. Yeah. You know? oh, well, and absolutely. And you were the first person that I knew personally yeah. that I had any kind of personal connection with that yeah. was dealing with that that kind of covid. I mean yeah. I don't even I don't even really feel like I knew I know anybody else that had serious covid. Yeah, right. Most of the people I mean have you had it by the way? Did no, you ever did you ever get it? No. Cuz I ended up getting it last year uh in, in, I went I had a, a gig thing in in Ireland and I took my fiance and we went to Ireland to Dublin yeah and I just got lazy right because and everybody because everybody in pubs everybody well just yeah. everybody nobody in Dublin was wearing masks yeah and like when I got on the plane you know and I'd been yeah. vaccinated and I got on the plane and because somebody else was paying for it I was in a nice seat yeah that and I was like after we got up in the air I'm like I bet I can take my mask off <laughs> and then on the flight home I'm like I have a sore throat and the next day and it wasn't, it was really not much of anything. It was like I had the flu for about 22 hours and then it was like 10 days of waiting for the test to show. Right, right, right. Uh, But yeah, you, yours was definitely the first. And and like I say, uh, to my, to my recollection or my, uh, the only one of uh, like the the serious. Yeah. She had that, I guess that alpha COVID, an elderly unvaxxed person has that just wipes them out, you know, pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Still can't believe it. Right. Right. And you were, and you you became a crusader. (laughs) You did. Well, accidentally. I mean, yeah, my sister and I were crusading to get the 
uh, Huntington Hospital to let us visit because yes. other hospitals were letting people visit if they were, you know, completely covered head to toe. And we were the first ones they let in after making a lot of internet noise. And my sister, she belongs to a physician's group that uh, went bananas on Facebook. And so th- oh, wow. there was a ton of pressure. Very helpful. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, we got to visit her, got to stay with her like for an hour and a half, you know. And it and it, it like now we was know she, was she awake? She when we came in and we're talking to her, she'd been just sort of unconscious the entire time. Don't I don't know if she like my aunt Patty, Chicago, talked to my mom for like an hour and a half straight over the iPad. <laughs> my mom made no, With you know. No re- yeah. yeah, just you know, that was uh, all she could do. Yeah, and yeah. um so uh, we never knew. It, yeah, we'll never know, I guess, if she was able to hear all that stuff. But when we were in in the hospital room with her in person, she she kind of sat forward, which she'd never done, and she opened her eyes, and her eyes were pointing up. And then, you know, she kind of fell back down. So I don't know. If, I don't know if she knew she had COVID. I don't know if she was trying to get us out, or she was just trying to talk to us, or if, she, if inside she was like, "Oh, my daughters are here." Yeah, and it's it was all just she a can make her body do. reaction. And my daughters are here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, using comedy as a coping mechanism makes plenty of sense. Yeah. And especially when you're a funny person. But are there downsides? Have you found downsides in your personal life to like making things a joke or or using comedy as a coping me- mechanism for things? Um, I haven't. But I guess the, the downside would be I have to do it at a nightclub. <laughs> and <laughs> no man wants a part of that. Yeah. The, I was. <laughs> I was. Oh, there's too much fucking coping going on up there. <laughs> I, I was going to try and nail her. <laughs> I was with this guy and, uh, you know, I, I've been, li- I'm just a stand-up comedian, right? That's where I live my life. And he goes, you spend every night in a bar. And I'm like, well, that's not how I look at it, but I guess so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's how they make their money. Yeah. And it wasn't appealing to him. It's not appealing to most men and maybe most people that your partner is constantly every single night or most nights out. And then they come home kind of wired. Right. <laughs> right, <laughs> when you're, right when you're ready to go to yeah, sleep. You're ready to go to sleep. Like, come on, let's stay up another couple and hours. Why didn't that t- that tag work? It worked the other night, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, what's what's in your future? What do you, you know, what do you, or is there anything, like, first of all, is there anything that you want me to, to plug? I do have a special coming out. Nice. It was produced by a, a company that is either trying to sell it or has given up and will just put it on YouTube. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's called Cis Woke Grief Slut. Oh, nice. And so it's, it, uh, I talk about my mom. I do my mom dying of COVID chunk, doi. And, right, sure, you got it. <laughs> and um, I got doxxed on, uh, by some MAGA folks on Facebook when I did an abortion joke on MSNBC. That was like a big thing. So I oh, talk about yeah. that. Let's, uh, do you want to tell parenting, that, all that, that stuff? Do you want to tell that or should I read what that was? Oh, I'd love was, to, I'd love to read, hear what you, what's been so written. so fucking good. <laughs> While on an MSNBC panel in 2022 after the Roe v. Wade decision leaked, she said she wanted to, quote, make sweet love to the leaker. And if they turned out to be Republican, she would, quote, joyfully abort our fetus and let them know, unquote. (laughs) Andy, that didn't go over well. It led to the host laughing and also not really knowing how to react. I remember seeing that because, you know, like I was like, was, people were like, Lori's going to be on MSNBC. I was like, all right, this is the beginning of her punditry uh, career. The oh, end. no, she shit on the floor. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, you know, it's topical jokes. Right. From and they're there Zoom. to be funny. Yeah. What, sometimes they hit or miss. I'm right. just throwing it out there and right. I'm a woman and they just uh, and they're going to do something horrible to women. So sorry if I was every joke wasn't on its A-est game. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. But that's no reason to the next night Sean Hannity do a segment on me on his show on Fox News. Et oh, my God. I was not yeah. aware of that. He, oh, my God. He. And Lara Trump and Pam uh, Pam Bond, the former attorney general of Florida, oh, yeah, yeah. convened to discuss me and liberals and my joke and how we love abortion and all this kind of stuff. It, it thematically it turned into these people are monsters. They'll abort anything kind of a thing. But they they use me as the starting point of that segment. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. And what did the doxing like? Where's your were you getting 
calls. Someone posted my address yeah. on Facebook. Somebody else. Uh, Which e- is? <laughs> Save it for the notes. Okay, Just put okay. it in the podcast notes. Okay. <laughs> and then somebody else uh, took pictures of my house and sent them to me, emailed them to me. Yeah. Which was really scary. Yeah. But luckily I have a pit bull. And, uh, who oh, nice. just, per- just it w- walks the perimeter all day long right, looking right. for something any- to bite. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I sort of upped security after that and still am. So it did cost me money. But MSNBC was the one that posted that clip onto Mediaite. And that's how the right wing found it. They weren't watching they Amen weren't watching. on Mother's Day, right. okay? <laughs> so that's how it got to Stephen Crowder and his ilk of yeah, yeah. Uh, Facebook shows. Um, and they never called or said, oh, are you OK? Because I was I was, the emails, the death threats were like for about a day and a half. I thought I was going to be murdered. And then the little beehive or the wasp hive or whatever, they moved on to something else. And I right. never heard from anyone again. Yeah, yeah. Were you able to keep all of this from your son? Was he aware of it or? I just let him know. But yeah, yeah he wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't. I, I don't say his name. I don't post his picture. So yeah, he's, yeah. And his, his last name is different from mine. So he's pretty on so his he's own. Safe, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I said something, just something about like how the QAnon people somehow des- think they deserve better than the truth. Like something sexier <laughs> and more fun than the yes. truth. Yeah. And that's the whole key to conspiracies and stuff. And I, yeah. I said something more about it too. And then my ex-wife started getting calls <gasps> on the landline. Oh my God. We, I mean, we were that guy, you know, like who I don't even have a landline anymore. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And and it was on and nobody ever used a landline. She started getting calls and I had to erase it. But that's like and I used to when I talked more about gun control, I used to get I used to get <sighs> I used to get I would get mail with like like little drawings of me full of bullet holes and things like that. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, well, let's hope this is all just bark and no bite. Right, what, right. What are you gonna do? You yeah. know? Um, well, that's terrible. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so that's on my special. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, are you, I mean, now the strike is off. You should be writing the shit out of something. <laughs> I am trying to, or hoping to pivot to half hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm working on a pilot. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I just got notes of like, I like all the characters, but this isn't the pilot. So now I'm just, it's sort of like rearranging. You mean the story is some different story or? Uh, the story, I needed a lot more int- info about the characters on the initial pilot. Oh, He's like, it's all in your treatment. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is like boring. But yeah. I guess, you know, you have to figure out a way to do it that isn't boring. Right, so that's right. the job. To so, set yeah. up everything. And, yeah. Yes, that's what I'm working on. And that pivot to half hour, would you want to staff? Yeah. Work yes. on staff yes, at places. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. that, that's a it's not a that's a pretty decent life. I mean, yeah. at least it used to be, depending on who's running things. I right, always feel right. like um, you're <laughs> as a writer, your your job is only as pleasant as your showrunner's marriage. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> you know, it's like if your showrunner has a bad marriage. You're going to have dinner here, you know. The more, the more pictures of the family in his <laughs> yes, office, yes. the later the you're going to stay. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, what what do you think is like, uh, what, what have you learned? Like, like, what big lessons do you think you've taken away from, from this life of laughs? Hmm. I, life of laughs. I'm not really sure. I guess I, I, I feel like that I could answer that question in 20 years. So maybe you could hold this podcast sure. and then... <laughs> No problem. We'll just stop it right there. Mm, I don't know, but I do. I think my big parenting lesson is I feel like they're born who they are Mm -hmm. and you just kind of uh, facilitate and get out of the way. Yeah. Right. And uh, and I I do think because I had my kid late in life that uh, I was 41 when I had him that um, I I if I'd had this this child when he when I was like 25, he would be very unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I would have been working out a lot of my issues on this child. And uh, I worked out plenty of them before he was born and then more after. And so I think he, he seems like a happy kid yeah. and able to say no and really good with boundaries, you know, 
in a way that I never, ever, ever was. Oh, that's And good. I'm like, oh, I don't know how that happened, but I'm so relieved. Did he, do you think he learned that from you or it was just, it's just kind of in him? And it I was think just it was in him thing. and yeah. maybe I didn't destroy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I helped, but I yeah. didn't t- tear it down. It's so hard to know. And yeah. like, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm going through an adult kid thing. And like one of my kids was like, you know, was, I mean, that it, everything's my fault, first of all. Um, <laughs> well, why did you do all that I, yeah. stuff? <laughs> well, I actually got, my son said to me, like, you know, I, I, I think you should have been harder on me. Like, just about, like, you should, I don't know, perform. You know, like, you right. should, like, you should, I mean, my kid's got good grades. He's a great artist. Yeah, he's a great artist. I mean, I and, only saw stuff from, like, five years ago. Yeah. I'm sure he's like taking he, it to another level. He's fantastic. But yeah. he was, but I, he, you know, he's got, he's got my like inability to finish a project before <laughs> like starting another project. Oh, that's so hard. And it's so he's scattered and he doesn't, and it's hard to know. He's, it's hard to know what to want to, what to do, yeah. you know, which I don't, I'm like, I don't know. You get, you wait, you just wait kind of, but he yeah. was like, you should have, you should have pushed me. I'm like, well, you need a different dad because <laughs> I can't. I was like, I'm not going to go like, I want you to play hockey. You know, I was yeah, like, you I like hockey? Be... No, you don't. Oh, okay. Fuck yeah, hockey. That's the same thing. Like, am I going to come home after a day at work where I had a great time, honestly, most of the time? Yeah. A lot of laughs. Monologue. With I miss professional mo- funny people. My God. Yeah. That's the other thing with boyfriends. It's like, um, I was in meetings with Andy Richter and Conan O'Brien every day for at least an hour. So yeah. just calm down. It, You're not going to. It's not going to be a Don't go for laughs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go for heartstrings. <laughs> but um, I don't know what advice to give a child, my son, or this generation, because the planet's going to be changing yes. sh- so much. And I'm like, I don't know what a good profession is. Mm-mm. Should you be installing solar panels? I mean, that, yeah, that yeah. might be, you know, the only one. Like, I I, I don't know what to say. Right. You know, my son wants to be an animator, you know, which, yeah. you know, uh, 20 years ago, be like, wow, that, that seems like a cool career. But what's, I don't know, what's a hot earth going to, what? I know. I, I don't know. know what to say. It's, well, I, I no, I, that happened a few years ago when, with a conversation with my son and, well, and also my daughter a number of years ago, there was some sort of thing that came out that said like, you know, the, the earth will be irrevocably changed in 2035 or something. Like there was some right. date and she had a fucking meltdown. Like, are you reading in the paper that the, uh, you know, I mean, and it was all just kind of, it wasn't like it's a, an apocalypse. It was yeah. just like, you know, the, it'll be hot. And, yeah, we'll you know, be here. And yeah. I guess we'll just be trying to muddle through it. We'll just be, yeah, just be hot and watching the oceans fill up with dead fish or something. But my son and my son was the same thing. He said one time, like, well, I don't know. I mean, the, the, who knows what's happening with the planet? I know. So oh, how, how do you tell cool. someone to make plans and, and, and yeah, save for an IRA and, or and all that kind of stuff? Other, what other like age of humans has had to deal with None. that? They all thought it was going to end yeah. from their own religious stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But this is actually it's real. real. Yeah. And like I said, there's a number. You can look at numbers and Ugh, see, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess like we kind of had the day after we had the fear of the, the nuclear, nuclear stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But even that, there was, you did kind of feel like, you know. Someone it, could save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone could step in. And and there's the mutually assured destruction, which is like, now we're just doing it. All the countries are just destroying us know, all together. I you know. know. We're all pulling each other under. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to tell a kid what to do or what so, to prioritize. So what you've learned is that it's hopeless. <laughs> it we really sure is. ended on a good note. <laughs> Fun, fun, fun. That's the kind of, uh, that's the underlying theme to all my comedy is it's hopeless (laughs) and you're going to boil to death. (laughs) So, you know, so go ahead and get that burger. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lori Kilmartin, thank you so much. Thank you, Uh, Andy. And all of you, keep an eye out for Cis Woke Grief Slut. Yep. And then you and and you and Jackie Cation have a really funny uh, podcast called the Jackie and Lori Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so check that out. And you still have killmartin.com for people to find your dates. Sure. And if you like grief comedy, I have a book called Dead People Suck. There you go. Grief comedy. That's I nothing gets me harder. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks, all of you out there for listening. Uh, I'll be back next week uh, with more of this. <laughs> 
The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? Can't you feel it ain't showing? Oh, you must be a-knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.